0: So, I feel like adoption is not a common thing that is talked about in society. I feel like people just roll over the fact that someone is adopted and they don't seem to care about where the person comes from. Some people don't even tell others that they're adopted, and even worse, some parents don't even let their own kid or kids know. Thankfully, I was told that I was adopted when I was very young, and to be honest, it kind of just went over my head. I was like, okay, cool. And that was it. My parents did tell me that I should never tell anyone at my school that I was adopted or else I would be made fun of. I told maybe a few people at school. Are there some people that I regret telling? Yes, but they aren't a part of my life anymore, so it doesn't matter because in the back of my mind, I knew that people were going to find out eventually. As you have seen from the title of this episode, I not only tell you... how I feel about being adopted, but how other people may handle it, and what traumas we may go through that the others who aren't adopted won't understand. In the second segment of this podcast, I'll talk about some of my favorite music, movies, and some habits that I've developed this year so far. My name is Jennifer, so let's start spilling the unfiltered tea. So I was adopted from China at around 9 months old, that would be around September of 1999. My parents tried having a family of their own, but couldn't, so they ended up with me. I know that some of you are wondering, do I know who my birth parents are? No, I do not. China is just that type of place where they like to cover a lot of shit up. They don't want their people to know things, since they're a communist-run country. They only know what the government tells them. I guess that the parents were given some sort of card to possibly know the history of where we babies came from, but it just said that I was found at a police station. I know that's not exactly the truth because my friend who is also adopted from the same orphanage at the same time as me, her card said the same thing as well. I took one of those 23 Me tests just out of curiosity if I was anything other than Chinese. I was... Still pretty much 100% Chinese, and I don't think 23 and me would be affordable to my birth parents if they wanted to take a test. To be honest, I could have come from anywhere in China. I could have been the emperor's kid as far as I know. I highly doubt it, though. I most likely came from an impoverished part of the country. I was adopted from an orphanage in the Guangdong province, and apparently my parents were the only ones that were Asian. The rest of the sets of parents were white. I thought about why I was given up. The number one thing that comes to mind would have been China's one-child policy. The one-child policy ended in late 2015 and China now allows two children per family. Since I am a girl, China is very sexist and values boys because 1. They carry the family name, 2. They are seen as the leaders of the household, and 3. They should already tell you that men and women are different. Most unwanted babies are thrown out or even killed. I'm thankful that my birth mom decided to give me up for adoption, knowing that I'd most likely have a better life elsewhere than she could give me. I definitely don't hold what she did against her. As far as I'm concerned, I could possibly be a product of rape. I won't ever know, mainly because I don't dwell on it. I'm just beyond grateful that I have a better life here in America, and grateful for the amount of freedom I have to live a life and make my own decisions. Do I ever think about my birth parents? To be honest, not really. I have way too much going on in my life right now, such as trying to find a job, involving my field of study, motivating myself to go on hikes every week to try to get in some form of shape, and trying to grow and improve more as a person. When it comes to other people being adopted and how they feel, to be honest, I'm not sure what they go through and what they feel. I honestly know only two other people in my life who are adopted. My friend from the same orphanage I mentioned earlier and a guy friend of mine who I met when I was in high school. I've heard of some people that do resent their birth parents for giving them up and feeling like they weren't good enough to be kept. But just because their parents gave them up, it doesn't mean that they weren't wanted. Or I should say, it doesn't always mean that they weren't wanted, but it usually means that they valued their life enough to let them live instead of possibly being aborted. People should be grateful that they are alive no matter what circumstance they came from. Another thing that I personally go through with is clinginess and holding on to things that are potentially toxic. I remember in elementary and middle school, I was told that I was clingy, and I never understood why people told me that. I just wanted to be around people. As humans, we are supposed to be social with one another, so I didn't see a problem with wanting to be around others. The worst part about it was when they would purposely run off and ditch me and leave me by myself because they didn't want to be around me because I guess it was funsies for them but I guess being adopted affected me more than I realized because I hate the thought of possibly ending up alone. I don't think it's an insecurity thing like what I keep hearing from people. I think it's an actual problem that will stay with me. I mean, I know everyone will feel some sort of loneliness once in a while, but from what I experience, I feel like I go through it more than others. I just don't openly talk about it to people since I don't like sharing my innermost feelings. You get called a victim if you do that. One thing that's hard for me to let go of is people that are toxic, like I mentioned earlier. I don't like the feeling of letting things go, especially when they have made a big impact on my life, even if they are bad for me. I don't know what it is with holding on to things, but I think it reverts back to the part of about being alone or even ending up alone in the future. It makes me confused about, okay, I would say that the one thing that has made me very confused about people is the ones that were unplanned, but they turn out to be pro-abortionists no matter what the circumstances, mainly because they're parents chose life over death and then the offspring are proudly chanting to kill babies in order to be pro-women or progressive. This honestly shows how these people are very ungrateful for the life that they are living and they do not know how awful it would have been if their parents decided to go the other way. Being adopted is one of the reasons why I lean towards the pro-life side. Because my birth mom chose to give me up instead of throwing me away in a dumpster, burying or even killing me. She chose life, my life, for me to live. To give me a chance at making my life matter. Another thing that bothers me is how left-leaning of of the people who are left-leaning and are born in America talk about how it sucks here because of the social-political problems that were created They will never admit that they started most of it, but what I have to say to them is, try living in China, where you are not freely able to speak against their policies without consequences, or even North Korea, where if you say the wrong thing, you get executed. People in America are lucky that they can speak about their political opinions and not be tortured or even executed for speaking against the current administration. However, it's slowly turning into that where one side is definitely a lot more favored than the other. I also feel like, as an immigrant, I am more grateful to be here than people that were naturally born in this country. It's sad to say it out loud, but I feel like it's true. I hope that this segment of the podcast will open some eyes to how people like me experience life a little bit differently than others who were fortunate to not have to go through or come from hard situations. In the next segment, I'm going to talk about my current interests, favorite movies, favorite shows that I have been watching recently, music, anything. So, I don't remember if I mentioned this in my very first episode of the podcast, but I like to knit baby hats and donate them to hospitals for newborns. My aunt has a massive collection of yarn that I usually take Because either she doesn't want it, or it's just piling up in her room and she needs to get rid of it somehow. I use that yarn to make hats. Usually when I make the hats, I have to be watching something on Netflix. Lately, I watched the movie Through My Window and the the sequel to it that just came out recently. It's basically about a girl that has a huge crush on her neighbor. Her neighbor comes from a family that owns a big business, and and the brothers of that family are eventually supposed to take over that business. His parents don't want him to date her, but I won't spoil the ending. The movie is originally supposed to be in Spanish, but I personally turn on the English dub option because I'm the type of person who cannot keep up with the subtitles fast enough, especially when they talk really, really fast. And I also won't pay attention, which leads to me getting bored. Another thing that I have watched is Catching Killers. It's basically talking about, like, serial killers that have existed and how they eventually caught and arrested them. It's a pretty interesting show. It's also kind of sad to hear how crazy that person is and also how many lives they took away. Uh, I don't know what is up with crime stuff. It might be because my mom watches it. I am into it too. Um, When it comes to TV shows, I still watch Jersey Shore. I know it's considered trashy among people, but it's just really entertaining. I don't know what it is about it. It's just trash entertainment that, that honestly just, I don't know, it just entertains me somehow. But I don't really watch the original Jersey Shore series since that ended a while back. I've basically been watching Jersey Shore Family Vacation, which is the spinoff version where it's the same people. Um, I actually heard that Sammy Sweetheart is coming back to the show in this upcoming season. Um, I would say that my favorite person is Angelina. Only because... She is always being shat on for being honest about her feelings, and I relate to that on a big level. I do agree that sometimes she doesn't handle situations uh, that I would personally, of how I would personally solve it, and she also doesn't know how to handle situations at the right time. But the feelings that she has are valid. Every person in that group literally picks on her, especially Mike the Situation and JWoww because she is thriving, and they secretly don't want her to be happy. I definitely did hate Angelina in the original series since all she wanted to do is just talk shit about everybody, but since she's been on the spinoff show, she's gotten a lot better. Another television show I like to watch is Big Brother, and I'm probably gonna go on a long, long tangent about this one because this is one of my favorite shows. It is a reality show where 16 house guests compete for half a million dollars. The point of the game is to stay in the house as long as possible without getting voted out by your other housemates. Every week, there is a thing called head of household where that title must be won by winning in a physical or mental type competition. The person that earns the title is safe for the week and cannot be voted out of the house. The head of household has to nominate two people for eviction, those nominees that The head of household and three other players are selected by random draw will compete in another competition called the power of veto, where if one is victorious, they will have the power to take down a person who is nominated or leave the nominations the same. If the veto gets used, the head of household will have to name a replacement nominee, which is crucial. Some people like to do the backdoor method where the person that they want out of the house doesn't automatically get nominated so they can't compete for safety, which is kind of a shitty thing to do, to be honest. Or they replace that person with someone who nobody wants to target in order for their person of choice to go home. Now, there are such things as twists, like, for example, how the head of household could get dethroned. There could be a diamond power veto where you could take both nominees off the block or however, however that works. Um, and then, so usually the rule is the first five house guests automatically go home while the next nine people are in this thing called the jury and they get to pick who wins the entire game. So there's a lot of strategy, lying, and manipulation that goes into the game and it's honestly fascinating to watch. I would definitely say that the older Big Brother seasons were a lot more fun to watch since basically everyone just didn't give a fuck about whose feelings got hurt, who got backstabbed, as long as they made it to the top. The newer seasons have not been as much fun to watch since everyone mostly plays passive aggressively thanks to... Nicole Franzel. I can't stand her. And I hate it when everyone is talking about playing an honest game because they want to get on everybody's good side. But what's honest about eventually having to vote out your friend in order for you to advance? Or having to be in multiple alliances and lie about what alliances you're in in order to get further? Another thing that I don't like about the newer seasons is that it's gotten way too political. There was a season that was formed called The Cookout. And in my opinion, it was one of the most racist alliances ever formed in the history of Big Brother. Every... Big Brother fan person says that, oh, this is the greatest alliance ever made because a black person finally got to win Big Brother because, but like the thing is that alliance never should have happened because now minorities are going to be targeted even more since house guests are thinking if that happened, what's going to stop other people from doing the same thing? Last year's season, a house guest named Kyle got a lot of hate from the Big Brother fans for suspecting that there was another cookout-like alliance that formed and he wanted to get other people on board with his theory. And to be honest, I don't blame him for thinking that. I don't think he should have gotten shamed to the degree that he did because I would be thinking the same thing. However, that is something you don't say out loud, especially since... He is a white person and white people tend to be shamed to the 100th degree. Um, I would say that this is one of the reality shows that is less scripted because CBS has a 24-hour live feed that the fans of the show can watch. There's also a Twitter account that posts real quotes of what the house guests say to each other. It could be game-related or quotes about their personal life, which gives the fans, like me, a chance to get the get to know the house guests better. They also post who wins what competition, what competition it is, um, if the veto gets used or if it doesn't get used and even who gets evicted. I will say that there is some bias when it comes to what gets aired on television and what doesn't. Last season there was a bunch of bullying in the house uh, towards this house guest named Taylor Hale and to be and most of the bullying wasn't aired. But the victim of the bullying, she ended up winning the entire game, and I am so proud that she won. The way that Taylor won the game last year, she did not need a minorities alliance to get her through the game, and that is how Big Brother should be played, by aligning with the right people and thinking strategically. On another subject of interest, since I talked about Big Brother quite a bit, When it comes to music, I've definitely been listening to country music as always along with EDM and lately some heavy metal. As I have said before, I don't involve politics when it comes to music, sports, or shopping unless companies or people actually say something outrageous to make me not support them anymore. I don't care if celebrities or companies support political figures I don't like. As long as their opinions aren't harming anyone, they will have my support. I would say that my favorite country artists would have to be Raylan still, Easton Corbin, Lauren Elena, Bailey Zimmerman, Megan Maroney. and to be honest, I could go on. but I definitely listen to more the underrated artists rather than the artists that everyone listens to. I definitely think that Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs, Hardy, Jason Aldean, Carrie Underwood, Miranda Lambert are definitely talented people. I just don't play a lot of their songs in the car because it honestly overplays on the radio and when a song overplays, I get tired of it. Which is why I steer clear of the very popular songs of theirs because I think their underrated songs deserve some love too. Another interest of mine that I mentioned earlier in the episode is going on hikes with my two best friends. We try to go as early as possible to beat the heat and we try to hike on the trails around the bay area. We try to hike a new trail every week because one, we like to spend time together, two, we're trying to be active and stay in shape, three, we are out in nature and when we hike enough, the views or hike high enough, the views are very breathtaking. I think if people had more interests and activities to do besides looking at politics 24-7, I think that everyone's lives would be a lot better and everyone would be less toxic. That is all for this episode. Please follow this podcast if you haven't already. We are streaming on RSS.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and now YouTube. I'll see y'all next time for when I spill more of the unfiltered tea.